There are days in the Jewish calendar where we don't eat. The question is why? Welcome to the Judaism From Within podcast. That's the topic of today's discussion. Atanis, a day that traditionally Jewish people refrain from eating, the most basic of human acts we eat to sustain ourselves. And a number of times a year, five of which we will discuss today, we withhold. We take that act of will and we refrain from satisfying the most basic, genuine desire we have as human beings. Why? But not only why this day and what does it commemorate, but on a more meaningful level, why the act of withholding from food and whatever comes along with it on the day is directly connected to the event. How does it rectify? How does it connect? What is being done by not eating that is directly relevant to the meaning of the fast? That's what we're going to weave together today, and the next episode, I suppose. But beforehand, in this podcast, we disseminate the ideas of Rav Hirsch. We do this because it's at least from my point of view, the most meaningful way to articulate Jewish values and Jewish law and wrap it together in a meaningful, powerful mission to the world as an individual and as a community. And these ideas move me in a very profound way. And I hope they do for you as well. That's why I teach it. But if I could ask you to help spread these ideas, either share the podcast with a friend, give it a like or a five-star review on whatever podcasting app you're using. It really helps push it out. So if you could, I would truly appreciate it. Now let's jump in. Throughout the Jewish calendar, there are certain events, the Chagim, that commemorate truths, that commemorate ideas that we are supposed to instill into our lives. And these events that took place in Jewish history, we draw them to our present to symbolically live them out. But there are other events in the Jewish calendar, other events in history that we also draw to the forefront of our consciousness. These are when things did not go well, when we fell, when we lost our independence, when we lost our land, where we were forced to go into exile around the world, where we were forced to wander around the world. The sages draw on these ideas. We are focused on these ideas to bring them into our present. Because these events happened from the point of view of Jewish tradition for a reason. And if we can bring that reason to the forefront of our consciousness, we can allow the tragedies of the past to allow the present to be an opportunity for transformation. The warnings that we experience from the past, what caused our downfall as a people, if we bring it to the present, we can change. If we understand what these days are commemorating, we can focus on the cause for the destruction. If we can focus on the cause of the destruction, we can grow. And that's the point. If you then add together not only the historical understanding of both the event, but also on the moral level, the cause for the destruction, what was lacking in us as a people then, and you combine that with the act of fasting, with the act of mourning, you actually get an entire regiment of transformation. This is what Rav Hirsch does. So that's the goal. The day, what it commemorates, combined with the fasting. So there are basically five fasts. There are basically five days that are described as a tarnus. 
What are they? Well, Rav Hirsch splits them into two sections. The first, commemorate the destruction of the temple, first and second. The second two, commemorate the exile of the Jewish people. Two distinct forms of tragedy, the destruction of our state, the destruction of Zion, but also the being cast into the exile out of our homeland. For this, we have Asara Bateves, the 10th of Teves, Shiva Asa Batamuz, the 17th of Tammuz, and Tishabav. But Rav Hirsch points out to us that this happened in a progression, and they're all connected. The 10th of Teves represents the siege. The 17th of Tammuz represents the destruction, the fall of Jerusalem. And the 9th of Av represents the destruction of the temple itself. And then we move into the idea of exile. Exile is being commemorated by Tsoim Gedalia, the fast of Gedalia, which we will discuss in more detail. But what you have here is a progression already. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is, is that its meaning is key. You look at history as not being random. You look at history as having meaning embedded in it. The Jewish people experienced on the 10th of Teves, the siege. The next step would have been the fall of Jerusalem. But it didn't have to happen that way. It didn't have to fall. We commemorate them in segments to show that idea. It didn't have to happen. The first stage was the siege. Whatever was the cause, and when I say cause, we're using the language of meaning. Why did this have to happen? We don't look at history as being random. The sages, the Jewish tradition, reflect on these cataclysmic events in Jewish history, and they give the cause. What was lacking, and it wasn't a lack of men. There was a moral failure on the part of the Jewish people. What is it? And by identifying the moral failure, I can grow. I combine that with fasting, which we will discuss. The combination of the two allows transformation to take place. So you had the first stage, the siege, the second stage, the fall of Jerusalem, and the last stage, the fall of the temple itself. And then, Tsoim Gedalia, the exile out of the land. So what we're saying here is, if the cause was moral, at every stage, Teshuvah was possible. It could have stopped at the siege. You can change yourself. That's the whole point. That's why we do it in segments, to show that change is possible. It could have stopped at the siege, but it didn't. It continued to the next stage and the next stage. So the first message we walk away with when we experience these fasts as coming in stages is that moral change is possible. The events could have been different. So what was the failure? What was the moral failure behind these events? So we not only have a reason behind why they happened, but the fact that it was a progression means it didn't have to be that way. Rav Hirsch says the first temple has been described by the Jewish tradition as happening because of the three cardinal sins. And Rav Hirsch categorizes that under the seeking of pleasure, blinding one to all else. Avoid Zara, that's idolatry. Giliarias is sensual immorality. And then lastly, Shvichas Domim, the spilling of blood. These expressions cover the gamut of human experience between our relationship with God, between the relationship with ourselves, and our relationship with the other. 
Idolatry would be a sin against God. The worship of your time and your effort towards a figment of your imagination, or worse, someone else's imagination. Then you have Gilearias, that goes under the category of indulging the sensual aspect without any sort of restraint or control. And the sages say this was paramount. That aspect of the three failures that we could possibly indulge in, that was the greatest failure. The sin against themselves. And then lastly, the spilling of blood. So Rav Hirsch categorizes the destruction of the first temple under the seeking of pleasure. That's what blinded the Jewish people to their moral compass. And the destruction of the second temple, Rafash sees as not the seeking of pleasure, but in a way kind of worse, the seeking of the self. Sinas chinam, baseless hatred to everyone else. When you hate others without reason, it's because of an obsessive focus on the self. It's either seeking pleasure or it's seeking the self. These are the two causes to all moral degradation. You seek yourself as being the center of existence. Well, we call that being immoral. And when the seeking of pleasure has no boundaries, no structure, no, no fences, that's what we also call being profoundly immoral and disconnected from the moral world, which was the purpose of the temple, the purpose of the Jewish people being in the world. We are supposed to be a light, not simply be good, but we are to be a light to the nations. And by indulging in these three cardinal sins, that was casting aside our moral worth and our moral purpose. So it's either seeking of pleasure or seeking of the self. Rav Hirsch says, by experiencing these days and the meaning behind these days and the cause of the destruction of these days, and you couple that together with fasting. What does fasting do? Fasting has two components to it. One component is the curbing of self-control, is curbing of your individual will. The most base desire you curb it, you hold it, you experience the control. That mirrors the lack of control in the destruction of the first temple. And there's an aspect of mourning. Mourning, you focus that you are not the center. You lack the joy, you, you lack the excitement because you're mourning a loss. You recognize you aren't the center of existence. So both the aspects of fasting that we experience as Jewish people, the lack of eating, which we'll call the curbing of our control around something that is permitted, but we experience the holding back. We work on that aspect of self-control. And the mourning, we work on that aspect that we are not the center. The two causes are being countered in the very fasting itself. So not only on one level, does the fasting and the experience of fasting draw the meaning to the center of your conscious experience because it's a constant nagging on your stomach, simply speaking, but it draws it to the center of your conscious experience. The meaning behind the events you're experiencing today, not today, but the events that you're experiencing, why they happened, the destruction took place, but why did it take place? It becomes a moral message of either the seeking of pleasure or the seeking of the self. 
the seeking of pleasure through the three cardinal sins, the idolatry, the sensual, indulgement, or lastly, the spilling of blood. And our sages once again point to the main problem was Gilearias, what we would call sexual immorality, the giving of the self to our most base instincts without any sort of control. That is why we lost the temple. Or because of sinas chinam, the hatred of the other for no reason. There is an obsessive focus on the self. And when we fast, both those are counted. And I just want to wrap up before we discuss the exile and the other sorts of fast that we experience as Jewish people throughout the calendar. I just want to focus on the radical responsibility that's impacted on our lives. When destruction and devastation happens, we look back and see how am I responsible today? What responsibility can I draw from that past event to my experience right now? And how can I change? That is what Rav Hirsch is inviting us to do. When we experience a fast, it should be a moral transformation, not only a historical lesson of what might have happened back then, but what happens right now because of what happened then. I live in constant dialogue with the past, in a transformative act of growth. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week and a wonderful upcoming Shabbos.